The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Good News Ride Home for Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020. I'm Jackson Bird. A promising N95 respirator replacement mask designed by a team from MIT. Tips for staying productive during this unprecedented time. Our first ever direct look at a multi-planet system orbiting a sun-like star. And the small Italian village that just welcomed the first baby born there in eight years. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. As the coronavirus surges in several parts of the U.S. and around the world, the shortage of N95 masks for healthcare workers is likely to increase again, to the extent that the need ever really went away. But in good news, a team of researchers from MIT have just invented a new reusable mask that could replace, or at least help with the shortage of, N95s. Quoting CNBC, while N95 masks are made entirely from a special material that filters out airborne droplets and fluids that could contain the COVID-19 virus, the new MIT mask is made from silicone, with slots for just two small disposable discs of the N95 material, which serve as filters. That means the masks themselves can be quickly and easily sterilized and reused. And though the small filters must be thrown out, each mask requires much less N95 material. Called iMask, which stands for Injection Molded Autoclavable Scalable Conformable, this design can help solve shortage issues. End quote. The eye mask can be sterilized in a number of ways, including steam, oven heating, and a bleach-slash-alcohol soak, and are much more environmentally friendly since they use just a fraction of the non-reusable N95 filter compared to existing N95 masks. In lab tests, the eye mask filtered out virus-containing particles just as well as an N95. They also look quite slim and flexible, and they're clear, which is something I think a lot of us are going to realize is quite important. You know, many deaf and hard of hearing folks need to see lips to read, seeing full faces is crucial for early childhood development, and not being able to see smiles or friendly looks from doctors and healthcare workers is making the entire experience of a hospital stay for COVID-19 even more grim than it already is. So the fact that these masks are at least kind of see-through is a big plus in my book. Quoting again, So far, the masks have proven effective and comfortable. A group of 24 healthcare workers, including nurses, physicians, and technicians, wore the new masks and completed tests that involved breathing, talking, moving their head and body, and making facial expressions. The participants said that the mask fit well and felt breathable. Most importantly, the mask successfully filtered out a sugar solution in the air that was used to mimic aerosolized respiratory droplets. End quote. The team is running additional tests and working on other prototypes. They plan on submitting it to the FDA for approval and eventually making them available for healthcare workers and the general public. The one downside? The masks are projected to cost about $15 per mask, while current N95 respirators cost between $2.80 and $6.95 per unit. 
Although, depending on the markup for the replaceable filters, the cost could offset pretty quickly since each healthcare worker theoretically would only require one eye mask. Definitely one of the more promising innovations that I have seen so far. I have been working from home for the better part of a decade, which means with so many more people now working from home, a lot have reached out to me for advice. And the number one thing I've been telling people, this is not a normal working from home situation. Working from home ordinarily is very different from working from home during a pandemic. Maybe you have kids who would usually be gone at school all day. Maybe you have a partner who is also working from home. Or maybe you live with someone who has had to go back to work and you fear for the safety of both of you. Maybe, in fact, almost certainly, you are dealing with the general stress of living through an absolutely unprecedented and scary time in our world. Those are not challenges one usually deals with when working from home. So if you've found it really hard to stay motivated and productive while working from home these past several months, don't be so quick to think this working from home thing isn't for you, because a lot of the challenges you're facing may be far more related to other pandemic-related factors than simply your compatibility or lack thereof with work from home life. Wired recently wrote a piece elaborating on some of those challenges and offering up some tips that I think can also be useful even if you aren't working from home right now. Just general good motivation productivity tips. So first, and this is one that I have trouble sticking to, but I have found actually really helps. Take breaks. Like, a lot of them. Researchers at the University of Illinois found in 2011 that brief breaks from the task at hand can improve focus. Elizabeth Grace Saunders, an author and time management coach, told Wired, quote, Our brain can only handle a certain mental load before it starts to slow down and seek relief. This is particularly true when we're doing work that we find mentally draining, end quote. Saunders recommends getting up and stretching or walking around, doing something lightly physical. And it's important to take these breaks before you exhaust yourself. Otherwise, you may find yourself taking an unintentional break, like going over to Twitter or staring at the same line on the page for 15 minutes. Even just getting up to go refill your water can break things up and avoid the mental exhaustion that will require a longer break later, whether you want to take it or not. And another huge one right now, especially if you have a demanding job or have the whole family at home with you or both, is setting boundaries. Saunders said, quote, Yes, this is a much bigger struggle for many, especially if there are a lot of people at home throughout the day. The key to success is deciding on expectations and then communicating those to others. For example, many of my coaching clients have had to work with their spouses to come up with an agreement of when they're working and not working or on who is responsible for the children at different times of day throughout the week. And even if you don't have anyone else in your residence, you need to get clear in your mind of when you would like to be working and not working. End quote. It's helpful if you can dedicate a specific space to be your working area so that you can mentally make divisions and so others in your household know not to bother you when you're there. And if you say that you're not working past 6 p.m., don't work past 6 p.m. Don't answer emails or Slack messages. Model your work-life balance for your coworkers or employees. But again, make sure that's communicated to them before just doing it. If all of this is sounding like a lot of self-discipline, Use that supercomputer in your pocket to help you out. There are tons of apps out there that can lock you out of certain other apps or websites, and you can also just set simple alarms for when you need to take a break, when to eat a meal, etc. Utilize do not disturb mode and screen time limits on your phone to resist the urge to respond to notifications when you told yourself you'd be on a break. 
And next, try to limit your news intake. It's good to be informed, but it's also easy to get bogged down with how much is going on and how many fear-mongering headlines and hot takes there are out there. Karen Ho, who coined the term doom-scrolling earlier this year, offers this advice, quote, It's important to take a step back and really think about what staying informed means. Am I trying to get specific information about a news topic or figure out what several people are angry about online and ruminating in those emotions? Is there a trusted news source or two I can go to instead of scrolling through social media for updates? End quote. Saunders says that she started a doc on her notes app of positive news from her life, like when a friend of hers found a new job or another one sold her house. It helps remind herself that positive things are still happening. Maybe you could even try something as wacky as listening to a supposedly good news-based daily podcast. Just an idea. And as you try to cut back on your news consumption, consider replacing that with spending time with friends and loved ones, whether that's people in your household or ones that you can only see via video call. It really does make a difference. And finally, I'm just going to quote from Wired to end here because writer Alan Henry said it all very well. Quote, Just remember, you're not just trying to be productive. You're trying to be productive while there's a global pandemic, while dodging the latest political uproar in government during an election year in the U.S. in the middle of a modern civil rights moment and amid a social reckoning on a variety of topics. That's a lot going on, and a lot for anyone to think about and deal with. If you've been productive at all, whether it's at work or just in your personal life, you deserve a pat on the back. The goal of productivity is to get the things you have to get done finished so you can spend more time on the things you want to do. Don't fall into the busy trap where you judge your self-worth by how productive you are or how much you've contributed to your company or manager. We're all just trying to keep our heads above water. I hope these tips will help you do the same. End quote. Scientists have just captured our first ever direct look at a multi-planet system around a sun-like star. While many like this are known to exist, their existence is inferred based on how they affect their stars, not because we have photographic evidence of more than one exoplanet orbiting a star. Until now. Astronomers used the world's largest optical telescope, and my personal favorite telescope based on name, the European Southern Observatory's Very Large Telescope, or VLT, to capture the images of two gas giant exoplanets orbiting the sun-like star TYC 8998-7601, which is 300 light-years from Earth. The image, reported today in Astrophysical Journal Letters, was taken using the Very Large Telescope's Spectropolarimetric High Contrast Exoplanet Research Instrument, or SPHERE, which has an optical mask called a coronagraph to block out the light of the star, allowing us to see the two planets orbiting it. Quoting Science Alert, The snapshot will help astronomers learn how planetary systems evolve. TYC 8998-7601 at only 17 million years is a baby version of our 4.5 billion-year-old sun. But their orbiting planets couldn't be more different. The two newly discovered exoplanets are 14 and 6 times the mass of Jupiter, our heftiest planet, and orbit 16 and 32 times farther out than Saturn. End quote. And quoting from Business Insider, that distance makes this an excellent system for further study, the researchers wrote, because the planets are easy to see from Earth. If the pinpricks of light were too close together, they could blur and become indistinguishable in photos. End quote. 
And, of course, my favorite upcoming telescope, the Extremely Large Telescope, might help us learn more about these planets or detect even lower-mass planets in their system once that telescope launches on its first flight as planned in 2025. NASA's James Webb Telescope, which just got delayed until next Halloween, may also help detect more details of the planets, the researchers said. So watch this space. The smallest village in Italy just welcomed the first baby born there in eight years. Mortarone, population now 29, is a mountainous community in Lombardy, one of the earlier hotspots for the coronavirus, although Mortarone was spared from the worst of it. The population had been 29 earlier this year until the father of Mayor Antonella in Vernizzi passed away, unrelated to COVID. Invernizzi told Corriere della Sera, an Italian daily newspaper, now we have gone back up to 29. There are no other pregnancies in sight, at least that I know of, but certainly a newborn is always a joy for all of us, end quote. The baby boy named Dennis was born to parents Matteo and Sarah on Sunday, the first baby born in the village since 2012, and the first boy for even longer. Quoting The Guardian, Dennis's birth comes a few weeks after data showed that Italy's declining birth rate hit a record low in 2019, with 420,170 babies born, the lowest since records began in 1861. End quote. Sarah, the mother, told Corriere della Sera that it was tough being pregnant during the pandemic because she was unable to go out and see loved ones, but now they're excited to welcome everyone into their home once they return from the hospital. So just a little bit of happiness to end on today. I wish baby Dennis, his parents, and the whole village very well. So back on the 10th, I went through a roundup of various apps that you can use to have virtual watch parties with your friends across all different platforms. One that I didn't include is the Oculus from Facebook, which of course is a device, not an app. So obviously you and all of your friends you would want to watch with would need one. But if you all have them or are thinking about getting one, you can do a VR watch party using all of the major streaming apps. It's definitely one of the more expensive options for watch parties, but also probably the coolest. Shout out to Dave for sending in that tip. If you ever want to send me some leads for the show or just want to see some of the stuff I post that doesn't always make it into the final cut, feel free to follow me over on Twitter at JackIsNotABird. But that is all for today. I hope you all have a good rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow.